0: I was burdened down with sin, no happiness was found within, I never knew the meaning of joy down in my soul. When at last I finally knelt, contentment filled my soul like I never felt, heaven came down, there was glory. Save my soul, and I remember the day. save me. Now a life of peacefulness, deep within my heart abides, since the day that Jesus took my sins away. I will go to spend the endless ages oh, while they oh, praising his name for the glorious day that he saved my soul oh, oh, oh. and I remember the So...
1: Thank you. Take your Bibles tonight, turn to John 21. I enjoyed that music all week. had not it been a blessing? Boy, I mean, I've enjoyed all of the music, the fellowship, hearing Brother Johnson preach, and I enjoyed being with him this week and you. friends, it's good to see all of you here tonight, and this church, uh, you you just stick with it, just keep doing what you're doing in yeah. these days, you know, this country needs you, but this city needs you, yeah. this city needs you bad, and so you stick with the stuff and just keep going after sinners, and chasing them, and getting people saved, and baptizing converts, and building Sunday school classes, and bus routes, yeah. Doing what you've been doing all these years, it, it, it'll never—you'll never need to uh, try to uh, change anything. Just stay—stay stay with the obvious, and what's what's clear, see, and just stick with it. There might be something come along you can pick up once in a while, to use, but a whole lot of this stuff is is just stuff fit for the tra- fit for the trash pile. You, you don't need it. You—you you cannot improve what's already God's done. You cannot, you cannot stick with the old book, keep doing doing the right thing. Amen. Thank you pastor for the nice room over there and thank y'all for the snacks and goodies and everything that was put in the room. Thank you for everything. All of you, thank you for everything. Take your Bible, turn to John 21 and you know my secretary this past week Monday, before I come up here, we buried her 12-year-old granddaughter and that had to have a double lung transplant and never got strong enough for it to happen, and she died last week, and I preached her funeral, so my secretary this week has taken uh, some days off and uh, taken some time off. I told her she needed to and just go because she was there. She always gets me a list of what I preached, and uh, she was tied up and, and didn't get that to me, so I'm guessing at it. Uh, I'm guessing at it, and I think, well, and I'm not sure. So if this one I've already preached, look to what you do. Act like you never heard it. <laughs> you shout just the same, praise God, just the same. And uh, let me tell you something. If, if you have heard it, you probably need it again. Yeah. And so I'm gonna to preach tonight. Now you may, I may not. I preached this message before, but I don't know that I preach it here. But I might have. And if I did, then uh, you forgive me. But I'm gonna preach it again tonight because I believe it's what I'm supposed to do. John 21, verse number one. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. On this wise, showed he him himself. And there were together Simon Peter called Thomas and Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing, and they say unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship, and immediately that night they caught nothing. And when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said, saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fishers coat unto him, for he was naked, and he cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 uh, cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid there on and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which you've now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, 153. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and die. And none of his disciples durst ask him, "Who art thou?" Knowing that it was the Lord. Then cometh or Jesus. Then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. Now this is the this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. About three times in here it says in verse one, and then in the last verse that I just read, verse fourteen. It says Jesus showed himself. He he showed himself. And uh, you know today, our biggest need in our churches this day is to get God to show up. If God shows up, that's all we need. I mean, that's what we need. We need God to show up. And we can do everything else right, but if we don't get God on the scene, we're hurt. You can do everything right. You can have the nicest of facilities. You can have the nicest song books and the best of everything, have the best everything. But if God is not there, you're hurting. Amen. Now, these disciples here had messed up, but the Lord showed up. And you know something? There's been some times in my life, in my church, pastoring, that, We wasn't probably doing our best, but God showed up. And I'm going to show you what happens, though, when the Lord shows up. And we need him to show up. I need him to show up with me. You need him. You need him to show up in your house. You need him to show up in the house of God. You need him to show up on your bus route. So let's pray. And our Heavenly Father, thank you for this great church and Brother Bell, my dear friend, and these other pastors and and preachers that are my friends and these members. God, I thank you that I'm among friends tonight. Uh, Dear Lord, you're a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and we need you tonight. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll be on me as I preach and on Brother Johnson, and that people will get what they need tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, Jesus had been crucified and buried and risen again from the dead. And I, I, I think some of what happened here with Peter is uh, when he said, I go fishing, I think it was some discouragement maybe set in there. And, and he wasn't talking about just going and taking his fishing boat and going out for a couple hours, uh, two or three hours and catching some fish. That's not what this is. Basically, he's, he's, he's given up the, the preaching business. And he said, i go fishing. Well, the other disciples said, we're going with you. And you know, you and I need to be careful because you influencing somebody. Uh, You teenage boys sitting on this front row, high schoolers, let me tell you, there's some junior high school boys that you influence. There's some junior high kids that tonight that thinks you're the greatest Christian they know. And you quit, you may think it don't affect anybody, but it does. I'm simply saying that i a Sunday school teacher, you think it ain't a big deal to give up a class. But let me tell you something, it's a big deal. Yeah. Say, why? Because you may influence somebody else to give it up. Are you following me? Yeah. Peter said, I go fishing. They said, we're going too. And they got out uh, on the fishing boat and did nothing but drown worms. <laughs> they wasn't catching nothing. I mean, God wasn't blessing nothing they were doing. And they were out there, lost every conviction they had. Peter, Peter's laying out there with suntan all on him trying to get a tan and no clothes on. It's just a mess. And they're out there. But, brother, let me tell you, they wasn't expecting it, Brother Bill. That's right. Jesus showed, Jesus showed up. And he stood on the shore and he cried out, Children, have you any meat? And they said, No. He said, Cast your nets on the right side of the ship and you shall find. In other words, get right with God and you'll, have, you'll, have, you'll catch something. And uh, so they took the nets and moved them to the other side. When they did, meet them, nets filled up with fish. And John looked and he recognized that voice. And John looked and he said, It is the Lord. And when Peter heard that, he grabbed his fishing coat and jumped in the water and tried to get dressed in the water. And then Jesus told them, Come and dine. Jesus already had fish on the fire and bread and already had it going he said bring the fish you've caught come and dine now if that would have been me brother Johnson I would have been so mad at that crowd I would have been wading water out waist deep fussing at them Jesus didn't do it he waited until they got in and then when they got there brother Bill he started serving them he started putting fish on their plates now you're talking about conviction. I guarantee you it was heavy on that shoulder. But he, he didn't do anything. Jesus didn't do anything except taking was putting fish and whatever else went with it, probably hush puppies and slaw, tartar sauce. Amen. And y'all might not even know what a hush puppy is up here. Let me you, y'all know what they are, don't you? And Jesus was feeding these disciples. He was feeding the disciples. And then after a little while, he made his way over to the culprit. He said, Peter, yes, Lord, can I ask you a question? Yes, he said, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord. Yes, I do. He said, then feed my sheep. Second question. Yes, Lord, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, the feeding the lambs. Third question. Peter, do you love me? Lord, listen to what he said. Thou knowest all things. But he does. He knows everything. And it grieved him, Peter's grief. He said, Lord, you know. He said, get back to ministry. That's what he was saying. Get back at him. You know what? Business picked up when Jesus showed up. And it wouldn't be but a few days after all this that Peter would stand at Pentecost and preach and thousands respond and got saved. And these men set the world on fire. But all they needed was Jesus to show up. That's what men you need tonight. We need God to show up. Now let me give you some things here. What happens when Jesus shows up? Let me hear here it is. Number one, when Jesus shows up, fishing will pick up. When he shows up fishing, will pick up. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If there's no fishing, there's no following. And if there's no following, there's no fishing. If you ain't following Jesus like you ought to be, you stay in your Bible every day and pray and read your Bible and stay in fellowship with God and stay in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Faithful in church. You got a relationship with Christ. Let me tell you what. They won't nobody have to beg you to witness. Yeah. You'll be out here trying to tell others about Christ. Amen. Folks, our problem is when we get away from him, the fishing stops. we get away from him, you cool off. Then you're not even carrying gospel tracks on. You're not talking to anybody. You're not speaking up. So fishing picked up in verses 3 through 6. I mean, they went from no fish to 153 whoppers. They had a bunch of big heavy fish uh, and they couldn't hardly pull the nets in. See, I mean, you went from nothing to a boatload of fish. And when Jesus shows up, fishing will absolutely pick up. Number two, when Jesus shows up, fashions will change. (laughs) Peter went from no clothes to a fishing coat. When Jesus shows up, you'll put your clothes on. Absolutely. You'll you'll, you'll, you'll wear some clothes. Notice what he did. When John said, it's the Lord, he started hunting some clothes. You say, why? Because he knew what was right. Just like you know what's right. And I know what's right. We know what's right. I'm telling you right now, folks. We're living in a day. I mean, listen—that uh, uh, p- people just go any way in the world. I mean, any way in the world without—and almost plumb naked in public. But listen, the world—I don't even understand the world. I'm dead sure to understand God's people. Brother, listen to me. Men, we ought to wear clothes. You ought to wear clothes. And ladies, let me tell you something. You ought to you ought to dress like a lady. You, you belong you belong to Jesus. You ought to dress like you belong to Jesus. Amen. Oh, let me tell you something. Not just dress right at home, but you ought to dress right everywhere you go. And this this, this not popular. So you can say even say thing about it. But let me tell you something. It's about time that we got back, listen, that we got back some standards and some convictions about uh, uh, immodest dress and, and I never thought, listen, that I'd see the long hair come back on men, but it's coming back. I mean, listen, brother, let me tell you something. You fellas, get your hair cut. If you're an independent, fundamental Bible-believing Baptist. You look like one. Yes, Who would have thought, Brother Bill, in 2023, we'd still have to be telling men to get their hair cut. You know, I got on an airplane a few days ago and a fellow said I'm, he was a doctor of all things. And he sat beside me and he had on a little old pair of shorts and his legs looked like two mop panels with hair hanging out of them. Little old skinny mop panel legs. And had on a tank top shirt, a doctor now, mind you, and a ponytail with a little old scraggly beard he couldn't even grow, it was just splotches. He couldn't even grow a beard. And I thought to myself, man, you're a professional man. You ought to to look like a doctor. Look, if I showed up and needed my gizzard took out or whatever, they brought that dude in I ain't sure I'd want him working on me. Now, he might have it in some ways in here, but boy, he sure ain't got it on the outside, I'll tell you that. And I thought to myself, buddy, with all the education you got, you ought to do better than you're doing. Done been through doctor school, medical school, and all that training, and look like you're homeless. I don't understand none of that. And I don't understand people doing it. God, I don't understand God's people. Yes. Hey, let me tell you something. Fashion's change when Jesus shows up. Yes. We had a woman years ago in a little church I pastored in the mountains of West Virginia in an old rough coal mining town. Rough town, rough. And on the front row of Route 99 was four little houses there where you first come uh, into a boat in that little town I pastored, and there was a prostitute that lived in one of them houses that me and my wife went and witnessed to her, and she would blow cigarette smoke in my face and would would turn her head and look the other way when I was witnessing to her. Her name was Mary, and we went three or four times i seen her and never could do a thing with her. And one Sunday night I was up preaching and i never seen her ever dressed right. I always had on just almost nothing. And on that Sunday night I was up preaching. Boy, it was hot. Had the windows up, didn't have no air conditioning, no fans or nothing. And I was letting it go, boy. And the back door swung open and there stood Mary there stood that woman, and she walked down the aisle. We just had a center aisle, and she walked down that center aisle just looking from side to side, and Brother Manning, she walked down and sat right there where you're sitting on the front row, I'll be honest with you, Brother Johnson, I, I, I almost forgot what I was even preaching on, I thought, the first thing come came to my mind, she's drunk and don't know where she's at. <laughs> I thought she got drunk, she's bad to drink, you know, and I thought, well, she's drunk, she don't know where she's at. And then I finished the message. I got to it. I drawled it down to give the gospel in the end of it. And she stood up and walked right here and just stopped and looked right up at me. And I said, Mary, why have you come? She's hateful, you know. She said, well, what do you think I come for? She said, I come to get right with God. Amen. And my wife and another lady got down with her there in the altar, led her to Christ. Listen to me.
0: Amen.
1: Now, she'd been saved from Sunday night to Thursday night. And when I announced we're going soul winning Thursday night, wasn't anybody hardly gone but me and my wife, Mary showed up in a dress with a white family Bible under her arm. And she said, Preacher, I didn't ask you if it was all right if I went. But she said, I heard you announce that you want people to go tell others about Christ. I said, Mary, we're thrilled you're here. And my wife took that woman with. Listen, it was the talk of the town. But let me tell you something. She went from dressing that way to wearing dresses. I mean, you said, well, who told her? You know who told her? God told her. God told her. Brother, her life changed. That woman become one of the best soul winners we ever had in that church. I'm sure she's in heaven now. But listen, let me tell you something. You don't have to read a textbook. Just read what the Bible says. And you just ask God. You just ask God what God have you to do. And I'll tell you right now, if you're sincere about it, brother, he'll get you straight down and stand it. Then when Jesus shows up, fashions will change, fishing will pick up. When Jesus shows up, faith in God will increase. Faith of God will increase. Hey, look what they did in verses five through nine. In verses five through nine, he said, to them children have you to meat? They said, no. He said, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fish. You know what they had to do? Hear what he said and just obey. Amen. Hey, trust, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Trust and obey. Hey, listen. I read this morning in my devotions, the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. God wants us to trust him. They said Clarence Sexton was riding in a car with Dr. Robertson not long before he died. He was in his 90s. And Clarence Sexton said, Dr. Robertson, if you had your ministry to do over, is there anything you'd do different? I mean, is there anything you wish you'd do different that could turn around? Yes. He said, there is. He said, what is it? He said, I would pray for more faith in God. I'd pray for more faith in God. Well, let me tell you, I want more faith in God. And I ask you, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I can stand here and I'm not going to do it because I'm going to let Brother Johnson come preach. But look here, all these years, all of my life, 54 years of being saved, it's been a life faith. I've trusted God for every single thing, every single thing. Trust God. That day I went to trade cars. I said, "The Lord, if it's not Your will for me to do this, You stop it. You stop it. I don't want. I don't want to drive nothing, wear nothing, eat nothing, have nothing, unless God's in it. I don't want it. And by the way, if God's in it, He'll supply it." I hate to tell you this. Folks, I'm being honest with you tonight. Now, I, I'm not going to preach this whole sermon. I'm going to cut it short for the preacher. But look here. In my life, and I hate to even admit this, preacher, we've never in my life since I've pastored ever sat down and made up a church budget. I don't know how. You said, what'd you do? If I needed something, I prayed that won't work well I'm not even telling you what to do I'm just telling you what I've done if I needed land I prayed on it you know the land we got where we got right now two school trailers and a gym and uh, and all of that I got to praying about it and I'd go out at night and walk down there through that field where that land belonged to another man and I said dear God we need this land. He ain't doing nothing, just laying down here. It's just laying here. And Lord, we need it. And if you'd let me have it. And He'd done turned us down three times. And listen, went to see. Him, and He sold it to us. Three acres for $18,000. Now, wait a minute. Then, I turned after that, and then I needed more, and I bought six more acres that hooked onto that. From a doctor that lives down below me there. We had two acres when it came, we got 11 and something now. You say, how'd you get it? Just prayed. Now, how'd you get the money? Prayed. <laughs> how'd you get the money? Prayed. Everything, everything, everything. And you know something? I'll be honest with you. I really believe it's more exciting and you'll appreciate it more when you have. You know, if you got preacher, if you had five or six million there sitting around your church and it's just loaded with money and anything you need, you can just go see one of them and say, hey, look, we're buying some new buses and we need $200,000. So I can write you a check and we can, we'll just do it. And obviously I'll pitch in on it. We'll have there. And you know what? You, a man could get to where he was more trusting people. You're more trusting people than you are God. And brother, let me tell you something. And it's just you and God and you say, I need God to show up for me in this. And the Lord takes care of it. Faith in God. Now, I wouldn't dare tell a preacher if he said, What should you do? You better draw up your budget. Just get somebody knows how. I don't know how. You said, Well, what'd you do? I just didn't spend more than I took in. Amen. That was my budget. If I didn't have it, I didn't spend it. Didn't go in debt, didn't go in debt for it. Just had to watch. Just had to watch things. Now, we've had some debt, we've owed debt, but the Lord took care of it. God took care of it. Now, here's what I'm trying to tell you. When Jesus shows up, faith in God will increase. Let me give you something else. I'm going to shut this down and let the preacher preach. last thing is this. I'm just going to give you this and quit. When Jesus shows up, focus will be renewed. Verses 15 through 17, you know what Jesus was doing with Peter, Simon Peter? When he said, lovest thou me more than these? He knew how much he loved him. He knew he didn't have to ask him. Jesus knows all things. He knows everything. But he asked him a question. Do you love me? Yes. And then three times he asked him that. What was he doing? I'll tell you exactly what he was doing. He was getting him to get his eyes back on Christ. You know, I, here a while back, I love military stuff. I love anything to do with military, especially Second World War and that kind of stuff. I love all that. I love American history. I love our military and all that. And I've, I've collected some old things that I've got, military stuff. And a while back, I bought a pair of 1942 binoculars. Still in the original old brown leather army case and all that. And to tell you the truth, I'm shocked how good they were. the stuff they got now because I looked through mine and then a few days later I went to preach for a man and his binoculars was laying in the back seat and I was riding and another preachers up front and he stopped at a bank or something and those binoculars was laying there and I just picked them up. I just looked through them and I couldn't see a booming thing through his binoculars. I thought, man, those are 42 miles I got better than this. But his was worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars what it was. Brother Johnson, that's out of focus and I got my fingers in the middle and started moving that little old wheel, and things cleared up honestly. I've never seen anything like that in my life. You know what happened? It was the focus button. And you know what you need in your life when you start getting slack? You know what you need? Get back in focus. And, and get your eyes on him that's altogether lovely. And get in love with Jesus again and get back on him, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, looking unto him. See, they got their eyes on him. When they got their eyes on him, Jesus could leave them again. He's had to get them focused again. Oh, let me tell you something. Hey, when Jesus shows up, tell you something else He was fire. He He had a fire going. When Jesus shows up, there'll be fire. You know what? Keep your amens. Keep, listen, keep hollering amen. amen, keep saying glory to God and hallelujah and bless his name and praise the Lord amen. keep it up, let me tell you why first, he's worthy of it amen. second, you don't want to die amen. keep your spirit you're scotching for your preacher, people go to a football game or a basketball game and, and listen brother, they go crazy Brother, we go, we go to church and sit there like a woodman. Like Let me tell you something. When Jesus shows up, there'll be fire. Let me give, give this last thing. I we'll have you turn there. When Jesus shows up, failures will be forgotten about. You know what he did? He used those, he used those men that had quit. Jesus got them back in focus and said, all right, let's go. Get back in it. And you know what Jesus thought about fussing and fighting stopped, and finagling for for position. Peter said, "What's he going to (laughs) do? What's he going to do?" You know. And the Lord said, "What's that to you? You worry about you, buddy." You let If I will, he lives like I am that's, that's my business. And you just take care of you. And by the way, you know what you do? You take care of you. You just take care of you. You just take care of you. And and, and everybody else, listen, just let them. Because let me tell you, everybody, everybody, it's all they can do to keep going. And don't you try to straighten out nobody. You just bless God and keep yourself right. And I'll tell you how to do it. Just meet with him every morning. And get in this book Amen. and pray. Yes. And listen. And when them doors squeak back there, you'd be coming through. Them. That's right. That's right. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Yes. Every time church starts, you be here. Amen. Do everything you can to get close to Him. Yes. Get close to Him. Heavenly Father.